Still singling me? Yeah. Good. How then you're not kicked off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode two of the Spencer Life podcast. My name is Eva Taylor. My name is Amy Kelbing. We are very excited to bring you a spooky episode in honor of Halloween. Amy, what spinster are we discussing today? So we're talking about probably the only murdery spinster that I know of. Axe murderer, Lizzie Borden, who was actually more of a hatchet murderer. It just doesn't have the same ring. We're celebrating <laughs> all things spooky, and Lizzie is probably the most spooky spinster we can think of. Yeah, it's spooky, gruesome. She um, more than likely was responsible for two very gory, bloody death by axe attacks. Allegedly. Allegedly. As Allegedly. She, she was acquitted. That poem kind of leaves that out. It just talks about the murdering part. It doesn't talk about, like, you know, the repercussions and the workings with the justice system. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what happened to Lizzie after the murders. So Lizzie Andrew Borden was born in 1860 to Sarah and Andrew Borden. It's always weird me out to, like men have their children named after them but women yeah don't. i think yeah in the olden days they did though so. fell out of favor i'm i'm kind of okay with that i don't really want to be a sherry sherry and darnita yeah yeah we, we dodged those bullets. we dodged those bullets right good so she was born in fall river massachusetts she was fall born- river mass so that's like up near my neck of the woods yeah have you been there i have been to fall river okay um, you know her house is like a museum, like the one where the murders took place. It's like a um, not a museum; it's a, a, a like a bed and breakfast. Yeah. yeah, so you can like stay overnight in the room, you know, where a gruesome murder took place. Oh, okay. If you want, sure, why not? Get some scones in the morning <laughs> after <Some> scones. <laughs> uh, rhymes with scones? Bones, like the bones of her <laughs> victims. Scones and bones. <laughs> that would be a great name for like a like a dog friendly bakery. Oh no, scones that would and bones and bones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like baking. So Lizzie's mom Sarah died when Lizzie was pretty young, when she was about three, and Andrew Borden remarried pretty quickly after that. Yeah, which was very common in that time. Yeah, you know, especially your single father, you essentially want a wife to raise your kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that was a lot of it. So you know, Lizzie was pretty young. When her stepmother came into the picture, but they never, ever got along. Lizzie always addressed her stepmother as Mrs. Borden. Wow. There's a lot of formality around I the mean, Borden household. I mean, especially like you're a toddler and, you know, you've just lost your mom and this other person comes into your household. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, not even, like, not even like auntie or anything. No, Mrs. Borden. Mrs. Borden. <laughs> Yeah, um, that sets the scene. That really sets the scene. So Lizzie really was convinced that she'd only married her dad because of his money. Because okay. her dad was, he was a successful businessman. He had a couple different ventures. One of them was caskets. Yeah, I saw I saw that he was a, uh, a manufacturer or a salesperson of like furniture and caskets. But I gotta, I gotta say, like, probably was like a booming business. Yeah. You know, people weren't living all that old no one got cremated no one everyone, got cremated. that's true everyone got buried so yeah 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 so he had some money he had a lot of money a lot he of did, money he did really really well for himself were they living you know the high life in fall river massachusetts they were absolutely not why was that uh he was religious and i think that was just part of like that you know like living humbly um i think he is also like one of those rich guys who gets rich because he doesn't spend all of his money mm. So they lived in a house. They lived in, like, the unfashionable part of town. 
Okay. And they didn't have running water and they didn't have electricity. It was actually like coming into being really common around the time that the murders were committed. So it's not like, you know, this was something just for really, really fancy people. This was something for like upper middle class people. So he was just saving his money and kind of sitting on it and yeah. not using it really to benefit the lives of his yeah. his family. And making them go shit in an outhouse. It really sounds like a warm household when you're like your father's just like, I have a shit ton of money, but you can't have a toilet and you have to call your stepmother Mrs. Borden. I think that was Lizzie's choice to call her stepmother Mrs. Really? Borden. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she like, was fiery from the beginning. Yeah, the Mrs. Borden stuff was like just about like not recognizing her as mother, not I guess not even humanizing her with a first name. She's just Mrs. Borden. Well, they're from outside Boston, so she would have called her Ma. <laughs> <laughs> Ma um, Borden. Oh, or uh, or Marmy, like in Little Women. Marmy? Yeah. You didn't read Little Women? No, I'm not literate. And <laughs> no, I'm not well you, read. You have a lot of books for someone who's not. I don't read literate. them. <laughs> I just put them on my bookshelf like every other asshole. All right. Off topic. Uh, that's it's not like that's never going to happen. Yeah, that's, that's going to happen a lot to strap in for a lot of a lot of wandering diversion conversation pieces i feel like there's not a lot out there about lizzie as as a child and as an adolescent well i mean th think about it this way like the people who knew her as a child uh were dead oh there's that because when she became famous and she wasn't famous before that so like you know she's yeah. just some girl they did interview like her her friends you know she's pretty active in like the church she actually taught sunday school wow yeah okay yeah you never That's, know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Well, let's be clear. Again, she only allegedly murdered her father and stepmother. I mean, yeah, but she did it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, allegedly. She, she was, I agree. She was not convicted. Yeah. There could be another story. But is there... I'm I'm of the belief that she did it. I think it's an OJ situation. Well, you've like, got to convince me because I don't know a ton about this story. So um, I'll, do, I'll do my damnedest. <laughs> I'm fairly familiar with the rhyme, but just for our listeners, why don't you refresh our memory? Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her father 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her mother 41. I like I see children jump roping, chanting this chant, you know, to, like stay yeah. on the rhythm of the jump rope. Yeah. Well, it's I, like Ring Around the Rosie, right? Like, shit's dark when you're a child in the early 1900s. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. They Like, death didn't phase them so much. So, Lizzie is famous for whacking to death her father and her stepmother. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, so, let's dig into that. Yeah. Kind of to set the scene before this. Yeah. So, there is, I mean, we've talked about the Mrs. Borden thing. There's just been tension in this house, like, and, for a long time. And is Lizzie a... Uh, an only child? She's not. She has a sister named Emma. But that's it. So it's just her and Emma, dear Mrs. old dad, Mrs. and Mrs. Mrs. Borden. Yes. Um, and their maid. But it was it was common at that time for, like, middle class families to have maids. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the maid was just kind of there to, like, help do some of the stuff. Because if they lived in that bigger house, like, uh, they one with staff. plumbing and shit. Yeah, they'd have a staff. They'd have yeah. a bunch of maids and stuff. Um, Lizzie and Emma and Abby, they all still had chores to do. So and Abby was the maid. No, Abby was their stepmom. Oh, okay. So yeah. Mrs. Borden was Abby. Mrs. Borden was Abby. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of tension in this house, uh, and most of it's over money. Lizzie had always thought that 
Mrs. Borden had married her dad because of his money. And then Andrew Borden gave Abby's family some property. And Lizzie was not happy about that. Okay. Because she thought she was entitled to get some property. In this time frame where we're talking, where her father starts to essentially give property to his wife's family, uh, how old are we talking? Lizzie is Lizzie about, about 32. She's about 32. Yeah. Okay. So she's, she's a full, full-grown thornback. She is point. a full-grown thornback. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she's just kind of maybe, maybe, allegedly, hanging out, you know, to see when dad's going to... Right. I don't know. Kick the bucket. Kick the bucket right. yeah. or make her life a little sweeter. Because Lizzie's like greatest desire is to live in a fancy house with plumbing and electricity. She wants to, you know, live like the fashionable people. She do. wants to live the good life. Yeah, but she's not. She's not. Yeah. She's not. Their house sucks. So this was really like a turn of the knife, if you will. Her father already knew that she was kind of unhappy with the situation and that she didn't like her stepmother and kind of um, was concerned about how the money was being distributed or not. And so this step turned up the the heat. It was at a simmer before, and now it's at like a low boil. It's the middle of summer when the murder happens. It's a like the hottest day of the year so far. So they're, and you know, they're, it's the 1890s. They are all wearing lots and lots of clothes. Yeah. It's hot as fuck. So it is humid as hell. Yeah. There are black flies everywhere. Yeah. And you hate your life. And they are covered head to toe in fabric. Like there's no yeah. relief from this. Um, I mean, I think right there. That's some stabby, stabby conditions. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, some well, stabby conditions. A little choppy, choppy. Yeah, like, I don't, just a little bit. Yeah. We kind of have like a general timeline of, of what went on in the house. And I don't know who we're getting that from. I think we're getting it from part of it from the maid and part of it from Lizzie herself, who was not a reliable narrator. And where, where was everyone else? So where was Abby? Where yeah. was dear old dad? Where was Emma? Emma was on a trip to see some friends. So okay. she was... Well, she was out of she town. She was out. Yeah, she was out okay. of town. That's curious. There is a theory related to that. Yeah. I mean, if if Emma is the one person in the house that Lizzie does get along with and does genuinely care for, it's curious that she would wait, if she is the murderess, for Emma to be out of town. She is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's just, you know, that's a point of, of interest. Yes. I mean, there is a theory that Emma used that as a cover story. She set off to her destination. She looped back, committed the murders, and then went on to her destination. That's one possible theory. So let's let's get through the... Yeah, we'll get through, we'll the, get through, we'll the, get through the murders. And then we'll come back and talk hypotheses. Yes. Uh, Andrew Borden was out on his daily walk. Abby was in the house. So at about 9.30, around there, she goes upstairs to go make some beds. It wasn't usually something that she did, actually. It was actually um, either Lizzie or Emma's chore. Yeah, and they approximate that she died at like 10.30 or 11, right around So she there. was the first one to die. She was the first one to die, okay. yes. So Emma goes upstairs to make the beds. Emma is out of town. Abby, so- Abby okay. goes upstairs to make the beds. <laughs> So early in the morning, we have uh, Mr. Borden going on his walk. We have Emma out of town, right? So the people left in the house are going to be Abby, the stepmom, Mm -hmm. are going to be Lizzie, Mm -hmm. and are going to be the maid. Yes. Okay. Abby goes upstairs to make some beds. Emma's out of town, so maybe that's why she's pitching in. That could be. Yeah. could be pitching in. So she goes upstairs. Do we know where the maid and Lizzie are at this time? Um, I, I believe it is known where they were. Okay. Um, well, then Lizzie, her stories changed so much. Like, I think she said that she was, like, out in the barn doing something, and she was, like, downstairs doing something. So you have the two of them who are unaccounted for 
or like accounted for in the general vicinity. So you potentially have those two as the most likely suspects of what is about to occur. Um, Okay, so what happens next? Andrew Borden gets back from his walk probably right about the time that Abby was killed. It's about 11. So he goes to to lay down and take a nap on the couch. And at about 11, Lizzie goes to the maid and starts screaming, someone has killed father, someone has killed father. And the maid comes in and sees the crime scene, the, the blood and the gore. What is she seeing? She is seeing Andrew Borden laid out. He's still on the couch, but like his face has been bashed in. There's pictures. It's uh, it's pretty gruesome. Okay. And at this point, do we know if they knew that Abby was no upstairs yeah. dead as well? They did not yet. Okay. They were about to discover that. Abby was murdered first, but Andrew was discovered first. Okay. So potentially, if it was someone from outside the home, they were lying in wait for Andrew to come back. So it couldn't have, arguably, it couldn't have just been someone who was walking by the house, like some sort of transient or something like this, who comes in and kills Abby on the second floor, doesn't go after anyone else in the house. Right. And then just like waits around a really long time for Mr. Borden to come home and lay on the couch to take his nap. And then also just hatchets him to death um, (laughs) as well. So that really also points to someone who is inside the house already. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're still looking at the maid and Lizzie. You haven't convinced me because I don't know. The the maid? You think it's the maid? You know, if this was Clue, it would be the maid. The police don't really think it's the maid. They question the maid and she does testify at the trial later, but really they're, they're fixated on Lizzie. So she is talking, they're investigating. I don't know how they were able to discern the the times of death in the 1890s. It seems like, you know, they seem like so primitive. Just like as a murder junkie, as, as like a a murder porn aficionado, (laughs) if you will. I will. You know, the fact is, a lot of that science I don't think has changed because a lot of it was about has rigor set in and temperature wise, like how they would take their temperatures. Cause we did know like what the normal temperature of a, of a human living body was at the time. So it's kind of like how many degrees down has that, um, that temperature gone. But at the same time, you just told us earlier that it is hot as hell outside. We're in the middle of the summer. Um, what what month are we talking here? This is August. It's August. Yeah, okay. it's August. It's August. It's the worst it fucking month of the summer. The worst month of the summer in northern New England. Anywhere, um, really. But Anywhere, really. <laughs> but essentially, like, even though it was like a warm day, they could still get like a general idea of how long the bodies had been there. But it really sounds like fairly soon after Mr. Borden was killed, uh, Lizzie brought her father's death to the attention of the maid. And very soon after the constable or whatever they were called at the time, they were the police, police officers. <laughs> the police, I like the word constable, uh, were called to the house. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how soon after the police are brought in, does it seem like Lizzie fell under suspicion? Immediately. 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 Yeah. You're good. You're most likely to be murdered by someone you know. That's true. Um, you know, Lizzie had... They, you're saying she had motive. She had motive. Um, she was there. She was there. Right. She had motive. She had opportunity. She had opportunity. Um, let's talk about means. So let's go into detail a little bit about... Um, how were Abby and Mr. Borden killed? Mm, mm-hmm. Gruesomely. Um, so it took about 17 whacks of the hatchet to kill Mrs. Borden. Okay. And what about dad? Uh, about 11. 
Um, oh, interesting. Was, yeah, his was super, super gruesome. Uh, his eyeball was even cut in half. Uh, and they say that suggests that he was asleep at the time that he was murdered. I mean, in both instances, that's overkill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we know overkill usually hints at some sort of personal resentment, anger issue, uh, you know, with that person between the um, perpetrator and the victim of the crime. Right. Right. And it's interesting, too, that Mrs. Borden, Abby, um, got more than dear old dad. Because, look, if we're saying, okay, it was either... Or the mo- the thing that makes the most sense is it was either the maid or it was Lizzie, right? Right. So we're talking women, right? You know, look if if I were to be in an instance, let's say I was in like some horror movie or something, and it was like, okay, you can kill like middle aged lady here, or you can kill like a man in the prime of his life, and I'm worried about who's going to get up from that, and I'm trying to defend myself. I'm probably going to be a little more vicious toward the male. Because that is someone who's more of a threat to me, right? Right. The fact that stepmom got 17 and dad got 11, that kind of also implies that, like, mom was the, I don't know, where more of the hatred was directed. Yes. Yeah. Are you trying to convince me that no, Lizzie did it? No, I'm just, you know, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. That does make sense, though, because, again, I, I sure she was mad at her dad, but I don't think she hated him, hated him. Yeah. And again, if it was someone coming off the street, like, were there any signs of robbery? No. Was no. there any sign of a break in? No. And also. No. In fact, the door was locked. When Andrew Borden got back from his walk, the door was locked. And I don't think it customarily was. Oh, OK. So someone. Someone was even there even. Like making the house more secure. So they than wanted it was. to be aware. Whoever whoever the perpetrator was wanted to be aware when he got back. Yeah, and I think just to like stop people from coming in. Yeah, just, you know, if you're gonna murder, just you know, close lock the door right, before you, exactly. you start. I mean, the other interesting thing is if it was someone from the street coming in, you would expect that that there would be some sort of a ruckus or something. Like if you're talking about dad, if dad was asleep, then that kind of takes away like the, there is no element of surprise. So that's taken out of contemplation. But if you're talking the stepmom, the stepmom, whether it was an outsider or it was someone in the house, she was probably crept up on or something like that. Uh, Actually, no, she was, Abby was facing her victim at the time. Oh, she was, so this was like a it. one-on-one. Yeah. I guess that could, she was crept up on and then she turned around. Okay. And then got it. But yeah, she was not like ambushed from the back. So here is something that kind of makes me scratch my head in terms of guilt of only one person is, did she not scream? Did she not like, like there wasn't enough of kind of like a back and forth or some side kind of struggle that alerted the other person in the house? Cause like, how big is this house that, the person who was not doing the murdering didn't hear about something going on. Because again, like if you're talking Lizzie and the maid, if it was either one of them or both of them, right? If it was Lizzie, then why didn't the maid hear? If it was the maid, why didn't Lizzie hear? And if it was like both of them, we only seem to have signs of one weapon being used. So is the other aware, but not participating so much? Hmm. That is a good question. It's a head-scratcher. Yeah, the whole thing is a head-scratcher. Yeah, I mean, ear witnesses are always brought up in cases um, when you're talking, especially something that is that violent, right? If you're not going to hear a gunshot, 
you're probably going to hear something having to do with like a struggle or a scream for someone who is either afraid or in pain or something like that. So yeah. that's just something like that kind of makes me scratch my head. Yeah. Agreed. So we know that whomever it was. <laughs> Lizzie. <clears throat> is there a better word for whacked? How do you, hatcheted? 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 <laughs> hatcheted. No, that's worse. Hatcheted. Struck. 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 There we go. Yes. Struck. Struck Abby 17 times struck Mr. Borden 11 times. Um, Did they find the murder weapon? No, they didn't find the exact murder weapon. They found hatchets and axes in the house. And this is, and this is where the, the, yeah, this is where the OJ thing is coming up. They found these things. Mm -hmm. I don't think they took them or really investigated them. So they did find a hatchet with a broken handle, which I mean, because doesn't that kind of point to it being used very vigorously? Yeah, I mean, we're looking at 30, help me with math. Is it 38 strikes? With oh, arguably God. the same weapon? God, don't make me do math. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. You know, and for anyone who doesn't know, a hatchet is essentially a mini axe, right? It's yeah. a much smaller, much lighter version of an axe. A man, if he came in the house and used a weapon that was already inside the house, if he had access to axes and hatchets, he probably would have gotten an axe. An probably axe would have gotten does an axe. the deal a lot faster and easier, but an axe is heavy as hell. Like, have you ever swung, swung an axe? I haven't. I'm you know Maine. I haven't. I'm from Maine. I've swung an axe. You're from Minnesota. You should have swung an axe. Hmm. Um, are you from the city? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm from the fucking sticks, and I've swung <laughs> some axes, and they are heavy as hell. Um, and they're they're just kind of like unwieldy is that the word that's a good word i think yeah. that's a good word they're just kind of unbalanced you know it's something you really have to kind of have um a handle on mm-hmm. <laughs> that pun. awful so that again maybe suggests if someone chose the hatchet maybe they were a smaller person maybe they're someone who didn't have a lot of experience with an axe i'm just purely speculating here no, you're um, making a great case. But it is that something like that. Okay, no, it's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, so they're finding all of the, the sharp, choppy things. <laughs> the, the axes, the hatchets. Um, the hatchet head with a broken the broken handle. Um, that one was it they did they thought maybe it was a murder weapon, but um didn't have any blood on it. Oh, I guess they didn't have luminol then, so it'd been cleaned, but it had been sprinkled with um some dust to make it look like it hadn't been moved in a while. So it looked oh, like very so deliberately staged as like, oh, this um, old axe. It hasn't okay. been used in ages. You know what? I don't know. If it was Lizzie or e- if it was the maid either, I'm kind of like, they should get some props. Yeah, the that's whole, interesting. And there were podcasts or Dateline or 2020 to watch back then. Right? Yeah, you know, she now we know. know how to kill people. Yeah, and, and get, get away, away with it. it. Yeah, we sure do. Like, it did sound like a vibrant house. I guess I don't even imagine books there. I don't know. I'm just speculating. That, like, you know, so she's not even, like, reading up on murders. Yeah. It's all coming from her head. She's thought she of, did it. Because she's had 32 years to think about it. Yeah. Well, she's had some time um, to think about it. <laughs> she's She's been pondering this and pondering Okay, so this. they question her. They question the maid. What other evidence, if any, are they finding? There was a close call with some evidence. Okay. So there is a dress. Not like a Monica Lewinsky dress, but there is a dress in question. One of Lizzie's friends. So this is kind of wacky. So her... That Lizzie has friends? That Lizzie has friends, <laughs> A. And that those friends are like, oh, did a horrible... Did two horrible murders just take place here? I'll come stay with you because you must be so scared. Lizzie's friend is there. And yeah. she sees Lizzie at like a fire pit or something. And she's ripping up a dress and burning it. And she says, oh, I got paint on it. 
I don't know how the police didn't find this dress. Yeah. And then Lizzie just pulls it out of nowhere and so starts burning it. the police have come, it. have gone. So this friend was suspicious enough of well, she's what she just, saw to go to the police? Um, she did testify later. I don't think she went to the police, but they did ask her about it. And then later she testified about it in court that she's seeing Lizzie perhaps destroying yeah. The evidence, the blood-stained evidence. I mean, do we know where she was burning it, though? It was in the kitchen. So she was just burning in the kitchen. Burning it inside the just, house. Yeah, just burning it in the It wasn't in like the in the trash pile out back. No. Okay, that's nope, curious. No, it was in the kitchen. That's yeah, that's curious. a little curious. And, yeah. like, really, that, like, her father just died and her stepmother, they were brutally murdered. Like and she's that's, painting. Right. And, like, somehow okay. you didn't get around to also, burning this dress before? Also, dresses were really expensive in the day. You mm-hmm. know, they were made to fit. So they're custom made. Yeah. And they have, as you mentioned before, many layers. But you're talking lace. You're talking wool. You're talking things that are um, not cheap. If you get a little paint on your dress, you don't yeah, you don't burn, burn the it. whole dress. Yeah. You're still going to salvage what you can out of it. You're not just ripping, ripping it up and it. throwing it in the fire. <laughs> throwing it in the fire. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's not, I don't know that that really tilts tilts the needle at all for me though. No, but I think that tilts it to the OJ-ness of it that like they're doing a bad job collecting evidence. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 You know, like the fucking cops in the OJ case, they're like, let me put this in my car and drive up to the valley. It'll be fine. Yeah. Well, they probably hadn't had like a double, a violent, gruesome double murder um, in Fall River, you know. Yeah. That's probably the, like the most violent crime we've oh, seen yeah. in, in yeah. years. Um, I mean, it's not just the physical evidence that's, that's, you know, sl- sure, tilting it sure. towards, uh, old Lizzie. Cause she, the cops are questioning her and she keeps changing her story. What are some examples of kind of like what Lizzie was saying? I'm going to read straight from Wikipedia just to answer that question. Um, Initially, she reported hearing a groan or scraping noise or distress call before entering the house. Oh, when she's coming back from the barn. Yeah. And then two hours later, she told police she'd heard nothing and entered the house, not realizing anything was wrong. Um, When asked where her stepmother was, she recounted Abby had received a note asking her to go to a sick friend. Uh, most of the officers who interviewed Borden reported that they disliked her attitude, which, okay, 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 that's that's pretty shitty. I will give you that. If someone dies and you don't like them, people still think you should be really upset. But, right. But maybe you're not upset. That doesn't mean you killed them. Exactly. Some said she was too calm and poised. Despite her quote-unquote attitude and changing alibis, nobody bothered to check her for bloodstains. See what I'm saying? They didn't do a good job. Police did search her room, but it was a cursory inspection. At the trial, they admitted to not doing a proper search. And they were subsequently criticized for their lack of diligence. So everyone thought they were fucking up. It, mm-hmm. was, an, it was an OJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the police interview, um, Lizzie claimed that when Andrew had laid down to take a nap, that she had taken his boots off for him and put slippers on his feet. But in the photo of the murder scene, he's very clearly wearing boots. So either she put his slippers on, then went somewhere else, and then he woke up, put his boots back on, and then laid down and got murdered on his couch, or was pushed down or something. Or she was just lying. So either Lizzie is telling the truth, or she's essentially establishing, trying to establish that she saw her father before he got killed and he was fine. He was laying on, on the couch asleep in his slippers. Yeah. Which 
we believe is false. There's receipts. There's a picture of him and his bastion Amy, skull. He could have woken up and put his boots back on. Do you think that's a realistic thing that someone I'm would do? Saying. When it's it was possible. 800 degrees out, if you had your shoes off, you're like, these, these are not going back on. He's putting on slippers. Slippers are hot. They're also hot. Yeah. Why is he wearing slippers? Why would you want to wear slippers in that heat? Anyway. It's the proper thing to do. But the cops put enough together that they think that the courts, the the system can make a case. Yeah. And they do arrest her. Okay. And she is taken in. She is in prison until she goes on trial. Um, there's an inquest. I guess, what, subpoenaing people and asking questions? That would it, You're a lawyer. They're just getting evidence for the trial? Yeah. It's kind of like... There, it's an, an investigation, but an inquest is more from the perspective of the the district attorney or okay. the prosecutor at the time. And obviously, there's enough there there because she does go on trial. She does go on trial. So what happens yes. at trial? So they bring as evidence. They bring in the skulls, the the Bastion skulls. Oh of, wow! Um, yeah, of Abby and Andrew. That, that does- happened today. Mm, no. no that's like a, highly prejudicial. Yeah. That would not happen. Yeah. Lizzie did faint when she saw them. Oh, okay. Well, what do you think about that, Amy? I mean, just because you intentionally and are, you know, happy that you murdered doesn't mean that you can't be grossed out by what you did. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> All right. I thought you were going to say she faked it. But um, okay. and, then, and, and also, yeah, I, I mean, I think she also. And also you think she faked it. Also, I kind of think she faked okay. it. Okay. I, I mostly think she faked it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they they bring these into. Was this a jury trial or was it a judge? Yes, it was a jury. It trial. It was a jury trial. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so they bring in the skulls just see to show them how violent and vicious these attacks were. Yes. Okay. So yeah, the uh, jury they only deliberate for an hour and a half. An hour and a half. An hour so and a half. The prosecutor really did not make this case. So a jury of her peers. Well, not really, because they're old white men. It's oh, just old white a men. A jury of old white men. Yeah. Interesting. I Maybe they just didn't think a woman could do it. I'm sure that had something to do with it. <laughs> Ladies, you can do anything. So a jury of all white men only took an hour and a half to acquit her of the murders of her father and her stepmother. Yeah. I mean, there definitely has to be some gender politics going on there. Right. Yeah. But I think she did it. <laughs> But I wasn't on the jury, so I guess I don't get a say. Well, also in this, there's a difference between someone being guilty and someone being convictable. And, you know, as someone who in a former life was an attorney, that's kind of where I come up against a lot of people is people are enraged about some of the outcomes of cases. It's the issue of not whether this person did it, but whether this it can be proved beyond a reasonable doubt in a criminal case if that person was the perpetrator. It more than likely was Lizzie, mm-hmm. but more than likely is not the standard. Right. It is not beyond a reasonable doubt. There's no one piece of evidence for me that really seals it. I well, mean, I have other questions. Like, yes. what happens to daddy's money? <laughs> what happens with the sister? What happens after the trial? She's just been acquitted. Like, how does her life change? Like, all yeah. of these things now come into play. Because um, she's she's walking free. She's done for life. She yeah. can't be retried. No. Unless she murders again. Unless she murders. Well, Which, yeah. yeah she, she was never involved in the legal system again. Oh, okay. So she gets acquitted. And upon exiting the courtroom, she says she was the happiest woman in the world. Which is just not a statement that anyone would make today after being acquitted. Well, they it's would interesting. Still, they would still be like thoughts and prayers or, you know, my deepest sympathies go, go 
out to to me, I guess, because she's a family. But (laughs) I mean, it definitely is at least in poor taste that she would say that coming out of the trial, instead of saying something like, I'm glad the justice was delivered. Now I hope the cops go find the real killers of my parents. Right. But I mean, she didn't have, you know, media training. Or empathy or love for her parents. Right. (laughs) And she was the happiest woman in the world because her father's estate went to her. It all went to her. It all went was to her. Was she the oldest? Uh, no, Emma was older than her. So, okay. I mean, it probably went to so the two of them. Emma. But Lizzie was, like, the the more uh, the more fiery of the two. Yeah. And she was the one who wanted... She was the one who wanted to live on the hill. I who think wanted. Emma was, like, a little bit more soft-spoken. Yeah. And, you know, she was okay. What's the hill? The hill is, like, the nice part of town? The hill is, yeah, the, the swanky neighborhood where Lizzie's okay. always wanted to live. Where okay. they have indoor plumbing and where they have electricity. And what's her relationship with her sister like now? Do we know anything about if her sister suspected her? Did her sister stand by her side afterwards? What happened? I'm going to pass on all of the mechanics of that, but they did live together. And what happened with the money? Lizzie spent it. So she... (laughs) She um, She really was the happiest woman in the world. She really was. She sold the murder house. sold the murder house. Okay. And she bought a large, beautiful mansion equipped with all of the modern luxuries and she named it Maplecroft. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. she wasn't trying to, you know, recede into the shadows and live a quiet life. Not really. She no. She's like, I'm going to buy an estate. In the same town. In the same town. Yeah. That's some cojones on her. Right? Yeah. Especially like whether she did it or not, that's kind of ballsy. I think so. I mean the ovaries on her was be good for Yeah. And the fact that her sister lived with her, like the sister clearly wasn't very vocal about any opposition to this kind of like spending and like grandiosity. What is interesting to me is Emma's point of view, because if she knew about it, isn't she potentially just as morally guilty? She doesn't have to go through the rigor of trial and she gets to also live the high life. Right. You know, afterwards, Um, if she didn't know about it, um, then it's also kind of curious because she comes back. She has all the same evidence that we do and more because she was actually there at the time. She knew the dynamics in the household better than anyone else, except for Lizzie herself, and then goes to live with Lizzie in this grand estate and with all the modern luxuries and living the high life. She would have arguably been the just as suspicious if more if not more so than all these people um in the town so speaking of those people what happened kind of like afterwards outside of the house did anything actually happen yeah she's ostracized she's ostracized yes her church friends are like "Mm, you're just there's there's the stink of murder people outside the jury people really had a strong belief that she committed the murder yeah also, Emma standing by her while this was such a public consensus. It's also curious. I mean, it keeps pointing for me to the fact that they were extremely close. And what's just as hard for you to believe that Lizzie wasn't the one that did it is just as hard for me to believe that Emma wasn't in on in on it. Or if she wasn't in on it, that she completely forgave all because she's getting to move uptown. Right. And she's getting like servants and... Mm-hmm. And her sister, I think she's just maybe grateful, too, that her sister didn't go to jail. Because she would have had no, basically no family. If She would have like, had a lot of money. 
She would have had a lot of money. Yeah, so they she, just continue to live together, two spinsters. Yeah, I mean, two spinsters, spinster sisters, and living it up in this this grand home in Fall River. Um, do we know what they or at least Lizzie did with the rest of her life? She stayed in Fall River. She just stayed in Fall River. Yeah, I, she traveled and okay. lived a, a pretty fabulous life, but she lived in that in Maplecroft until she died. Wow. How old was Lizzie when she died? Lizzie was 66 when she died. Oh, wow. Which is actually kind of old for someone in that era. That means she lived like more than 30 years after the murders of her parents. Yeah. Wow. Just living in Fall River, being ostracized, not having any friends, just her and her sister living in Maplecroft. She didn't have friends in Fall River, but there, there's like um, some mention of her like having parties and being friends with an actress. Oh, interesting. You know, again, that points to, like, the high life, you right. know? Kind of, yeah. like, schmoozing with the people who were, right. you know, the popular yeah. people of the time. Right. That's very it's interesting. Like, she was, a, like, I think she was a striver. Mm. You know? Like, she wanted the big house. She wanted to live in the fashionable, na- fashionable neighborhood. Yeah. But it's interesting, because when we talk about people that are strivers, one of the ways, especially that... It is said women <laughs> sometimes strive is they marry above their station in life. We don't see evidence that that was something that Lizzie had tried to do. It just sounded like dad got money. I should have that money. Whether she made it happen or not, she got that money in the end yeah. and lived the life she wanted to live without having to essentially marry from, I say having, without making the choice to Right. Do the soulless thing of marrying right. for money. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I will say, so, you know, I don't think Lizzie was a good person. Let's be clear. I don't. She's cut. She's fascinating. Amy, leave Lizzie alone. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. She's a murderer. Yeah. You admitted it. I mean, she's, she's a probably murderer. a murderer. She's probably a murderer. She's pretty look, much definitely. But look, if I say probably a murderer, that means she's probably not convictable. <gasps> Even though she was sort of a shitty person, she left um, some of her fortune to the Fall River Animal Rescue League. You know who leaves their money to pet foundations and animal leagues? People who don't like people, which is fine. I mean, she didn't leave it all. To She just, right. okay. some of it. So but I mean, were... she didn't have offspring, so she didn't have people to inherit that money except for her sister. Um, and I think I read that her and her sister died within days of each other. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, yeah. that, the relationship of their lives was was each other, which we saw last time when we talked about Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony. Yeah. These are a very different type. <laughs> very different type. Of this non-romantic was, female relationship. This was much less healthy. It had to have been, right? <laughs> it had to have been much less healthy. <laughs> yes. Um, she also left money for perpetual care of her father's grave. Just her father's. Just her father's, oh, yeah. she's really still sticking it to Abby. <laughs> yeah. Still sticking it. Like with an axe. Yeah. With a hatchet. With a hatchet. Yeah. Sticking it right in her head. But yeah, she died a very wealthy woman. She she managed that uh, that money that she got. So she didn't just fritter it away on the house mm-hmm. and parties and stuff. Like she also invested and uh, she owned a, another house. Murderous or not, she was a smart woman. Yeah. I mean, she did become famous. I don't know if that was one of her goals, but... She, she did become she famous. She did. I mean, think Infamous. She became infamous. Potato, potato. <laughs> I mean, to have your name be that well-known 
and to people know when you say Lizzie Borden, they know what you're talking about. You're not from New England and you knew about Lizzie. Yeah. I mean, how did her spinsterhood really come into play? I mean, if she was the murderess that she is, you know, remembered to be in pulp culture, she really like leaned into it. <laughs> yeah. You know, she didn't go out and find a husband. She wasn't happy at home. We know that. She mm-hmm. didn't escape by marrying. Yes. Which, I, I mean, I, we don't know how much of an option it was for her. Like, yeah. We don't know how many eligible men there were. She probably would have wanted to marry, like, above her She seems like weight. a take-charge kind of woman. Yeah. And maybe that wasn't, you know, so if that's a quality she, that was really... Right. If that's something embraced. she wanted, she would have gone out and gotten married. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that, yeah, maybe she... Yeah. She didn't want to get married. It just wasn't a priority for her. And that the money was a priority for her. I think also part of why the murder happened is because she was a spinster. She was in that house for so many years. If she'd been married, you know, before she was a thornback. Right. She got then, moved on. Um, if this were a Dateline episode, what mm. would the title be? Oh, that is so good. Um, I'm hearing Keith in my head. Give me a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, who murders in the morning? I mean, that's actually not a bad title. Murder in the Morning. Yeah. Yeah. The Murder in the Morning. Or let's try something with Hatchet. Okay. Um, um, the Sharp or something Edge of Strikes. The Sharp Edge of Justice. The Sharp Edge of Justice. Except for, in your opinion, there was none. The Strike of Death. Murder in the Morning. That could also be, like, a James Taylor song. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what we learned from Lizzie. Did we learn how to not, how to, how to either get away with murder or not get away with murder? I don't think whomever did it, Lizzie, whoever did it, whether it was Lizzie or the maid. There are other suspects, but you know, other theories, not other suspects. What are some of the other theories? That it was just a stranger. Okay. Um, That that falls flat, flat for me. Yeah. That it was Emma and that she had like left and then doubled back. Then I feel like it would have have been both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, like his business associate or, like, mm-hmm. someone that Andrew was in business with. Mm. But that kind of doesn't explain Abby. Doesn't explain Abby and her being upstairs. Like, you have to go upstairs and yeah. look for another person. And if that's the case and you're looking around the house, then why wouldn't you have found the maid or right. Lizzie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it seems like it was specifically those two were the intended victims. Yeah. Especially with the number of... Wax. Strikes. Wax. So maybe we learned nothing this time, and that's The okay. Waxing Moon. <laughs> oh, that's the Dateline title. The Waxing Moon. The Waxing Moon. Yeah. This is not a podcast about the best spinsters in history. No. This is just about spinsters. Just spinsters. Yes. People are flawed. So with that in mind, Amy, why are you single? Um, I'm single because um, I just I just can't be bothered to like make myself pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I wear makeup if I have to be on camera mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to do it to please someone else. Yeah. And we're in LA. We're not in Fall River, Massachusetts. Right. But here, you know, you have to put on your war paint to go out and find a husband. Yeah. And, um, I guess I'm just not that combative. <laughs> just not like you are combative. I am combative, but not, <laughs> but not. Maybe the answer is, maybe the answer is I'm too combative. <laughs> Uh, that's probably my answer. I mean, I just thought that was obvious. <laughs> that was just too low-hanging fruit. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, that's why I am still single. Eva, why are you single? Well, the sad answer is... (laughs) 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 Is that my mother was not a good role model for um, how to choose what men to have in your life. I think one of the reasons I'm still single is I like to kind of pull up my roots at at a moment's notice. And that doesn't usually work with someone else's lifestyle, career, etc. You know, <laughs> I'm not good at compromise. Like, I feel <laughs> like I'd like to date a man who's employed, but if he's employed, mm-hmm. then I can't just say, hey, next Wednesday, let's put everything in our car and go to Maine for three months. This has been the second episode of The Spinster Life. It's going to get much less murdery from here on in. Less murdery, probably equally amateurish. But, you know, stay tuned. Because stay tuned. Like, it could go either way. It could go either way. Either way, it's really interesting to, to see. Eventually, we're going to start having guests. Yes. And they will know more things than we do. But you know what? I know more about Lizzie. I know more about Susie B. Don't call her Susie. <laughs> call her Susie. And that's good enough for me. As a reminder, you can find us on Instagram under Spinster Life Podcast. Uh, you can find us on our website, spinsterlife.com. And uh, if you want, you can shoot us an email, spinsterlifepodcast at gmail.com. We're definitely open to suggestions about which spinster you would like to learn just a little bit about. All right. Happy spinster life, Eva. Happy spinster life, Amy. All right. We'll see you next time.